Alicia Holdaway, your 2020 board president. Curtis Bullock, CEO for the Salt Lake Board of Realtors. Hannah Cutler, board of directors. Mary Olson, director. Thank you guys for joining us on another board podcast episode. Um, Today, we're going to talk about something that you probably don't have any experience with. It's multiple offers. Um, Since none of us are dealing with any multiple offers, this might be a little bit boring, but um, I'm just kidding. Um, No, obviously this market is um, really great. We have a healthy economy, all things considered here in Utah and we're seeing our uh, real estate market um, be impacted, but in the opposite way as we might've thought, looking back to the beginning of this year. And if you saw the recent stats that uh, the board put out about July home sales numbers, we had um, a record month uh, in July, the most home sales in like 20 years. So um, a result of that is obviously we're seeing a lot of multiple offers and uh, with multiple offers and the fast paced market that we're in today comes challenges, Uh, challenges for our clients, challenges for agents and uh, the ever most important piece of our job and that's professionalism. And how do we deal with uh, the market when it is what it is today? So we want to have a conversation. Um, Hannah Cutler and Mary Olson um, are two really great contributing directors on the board of directors. And Curtis Bullock, our CEO, um, is here today. And we're just going to have a conversation about what we're seeing in the market today, what challenges come up and arise because of the fast-paced nature and multiple offers and the competitiveness. So um, Hannah and Mary, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. So why don't we just begin? I want to talk a little bit about, um, I mean, everybody has different business models and how they approach um, multiple offer scenarios. And certainly every client is different, every buyer scenario, every home scenario. Um, I mean, we're seeing houses that have, you know, dozens of offers, not just two or three. So um, coming from a seller's perspective, when you're representing the sellers, um, Curtis, there's actually, I want to start maybe just with a foundation first and talk about the reality of, hey, there's UAR approved forms for a lot of the things that we deal with here. So Curtis, do you want to just go over and touch really quick on what those forms are? Sure. I think that's, it's a great way to just start with a foundation of what, what tools do we have to use when dealing with a multiple offer situation, the very first form, I just put them in front of me just to, to go through a couple of points on each one. The first one is the multiple offer disclosure form. And I'm, I'm curious, um, Hannah, Alicia, Mary, if, if you all use this form very much or how often it's used. But as I look at it, it's a pretty straightforward document that, that does two things in my mind. The first thing is that it tells the seller Um, or informs a seller about different ways that they can handle a multiple offer situation. Uh, So it's sort of an educational tool that you've got. And then secondly, what it does is it protects you as a listing agent um, from any liability because there are inherent risks with different approaches that you take. Uh, For example, if you 
go out and say, we're going to do highest and best and inform all the different competing buyers that, that you're soliciting the highest and best offer, who knows, you might chase off some buyers and end up not having any offers on the table. And then your seller comes back to you and says, you know, why did we do this? Well, this multiple offer disclosure form uh, has a place for the seller's signature on it. And it goes through and explains three different ways that you might handle a multiple offer situation. And in that, in those descriptions, it talks about some of the inherent risks involved with doing each one of those, like, like what I had mentioned. So it's real simple. The first option in here says that you can accept or counter one of the offers and reject the others. In other words, deal with them one at a time and not necessarily disclose that there's multiple offers on the table and instead just handle them one at a time, making sure that you don't inadvertently obligate your seller to more than one buyer on, a, on more than one contract, which I've seen happen. Uh, the second is, it says to present multiple counter offers. And that's an interesting legal quandary that you could get into if you, if you can envision a seller getting, let's say, three offers all at once, and they simultaneously counter each one of those. Well, the potential problem with doing that is you could have all those buyers accept your counter offer and obligate yourself to three different buyers. So the only way you would ever do that is if you use this second form uh, and it's called the addendum to the real estate purchase contract for multiple offers and it, it protects the seller from being obligated to more than one buyer at, at one time on multiple contracts. So that's one option. I can go through that form in just a second. And then the third is the highest and best, provide an equal opportunity to all the buyers to pr present their best offer. So that's the first form, just in a quick nutshell. And I would look at it. And if you're a listing agent, have your clients sign it. Um, if you can, do you guys use this form very often? Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Free listing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Mary just a, said every listing right now it's in my listing packet. It, it, oh. You know, the assumption dependent on situation is that it, that it's a very high likelihood that you're going to be in a multiple offer scenario. So why not just have that conversation up front? Yeah, Is that what right. you do, Mary? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, everything's on paperwork and I'd rather deal with it. I mean, my listing appointment may be an hour and a half in maybe a couple of days, but I want everything done up front so that they'll ask similar questions during the process. And I can go back and say, Remember, there was a form that we signed that addressed this, but go through it again because when people are selling a house, they have a hundred zillion things on their brain and they may not remember one thing, but if you have a paper backup, you can always go back to it. And to your point, not because they're going to remember everything and they don't have to make a decision when they sign it up front. Right. The way you approach it, obviously, will much depend on, well, what kind of offers do you get and, and what do those things look like? So it's not like we're looking for a decision up front. It's just, you know, start thinking about this. And we, the great thing I think is to let them know that you have options because the misnomer, I think oftentimes, even with agents is that there is only one approach and that's highest and best. And that's not always in their best interest. Correct. I used to get that question, Alicia, quite often. I, when I was at the UAR doing the legal hotline, someone would call and say, Hey Curtis, what is the what is the right way, quote unquote, to handle multiple offers? And there really isn't one. It's ultimately at the discretion of the seller 
But the reality is the seller is going to come to you as their counselor to help advise them on how to deal with it and, and kind of go through the pros and cons to the different solutions out there. Well, so and that's where this form comes in. Yeah, and I think as listing agents, part of your job is to prepare them and mitigate emotion. And when you get flooded with 10 offers, sometimes the emotions are through the roof. And so having discussed this ahead of time helps to, to, helps to keep them calm during that crazy experience of, holy moly, we have 10 offers, what do we do? So I think that's a important, that's why it's so important to discuss it up front. It helps to prepare them and keep those emotions in check. Do you want me to hit those other two forms real quick, Alicia? Okay, so the, the other one is what I already mentioned just a minute ago. There's an addendum to the RepC for multiple offers. And I've seen this one misused. And, and the way it's sometimes misused is someone will just look at the title of this form and say, oh, multiple offers, addendum, I gotta use this form. When in, in reality, this form is so narrow in scope and purpose that, that you wanna make sure you avoid that. All this form does is, is like the previous situation I mentioned, if you have multiple offers and the seller says, let's counter all of them at the same time, that's the only time you would ever use this form because what the form does is it gives a, a space in there for you to include the terms of the counter offer. And then in, in paragraph three of that form, it says, even if you sign and accept this, this counter offer buyer, there's no binding contract until we inform you that you're the successful bidder. So it prevents that potential problem of having multiple buyers uh, have, a, have a legitimate contract with the seller. So that's one way that a multiple offer situation can be handled, multiple counter offers. I don't see that a ton. Do you guys see that approach very I've often? Do you see it, Anna? Agents who do it pretty consistently. They, you know, they talk to sellers and they prefer that and they like it. So I do see it more often than you would think, I think. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I find myself using it quite often actually. Oh, do you? Okay. Very good. So it is definitely a strategy. <laughs> yeah. The, then, then the third form that the UAR has had, and I was looking back, it's interesting. I was, I was on the forms committee a long, long time ago and the date on this form when it was originally designed was 2005. And I remember the market at that time was similar to what's happening right now. Multiple offers like crazy, cash buyers, crazy stuff, no contingencies, earnest money that's immediately non-refundable on day one, no inspections. So it's sort, we're sort of seeing that uh, cycle right now. <clears throat> but anyways, this third option is highest and best. And it's just a simple notification form. It's actually not an addendum to the contract at all. It's just a notification form that says, <clears throat> excuse me, it notifies each of the competing buyers that there's multiple offers on the table and that they can submit their highest and best offer and that you'll not, a, the seller won't accept any offers until a certain deadline um, that they, in, they fill into this, this form. So that seems like a very common way that, that agents do it, but it does have risks. And so I don't know if you all have any war stories on that or, or anything, but it, that's, that's the third form. And, and there's no obligation, by the way, for a seller to disclose that there's multiple offers. That's a common question that I get. I used to get a, a buyer's agent would call me and say, they didn't disclose that there was another offer or multiple offers. Shouldn't they have to tell me? Well, who ultimately decides that? It's up to the seller. And there, be, there may be reasons why a seller may or may not want to disclose that. So this is just a courtesy uh, disclosure if the seller wants to take that approach. So, yeah, 
I think we got away from using that for a while because it did scare buyers away when we weren't this hot and heavy. People, you know, agents shied away from using this to deter, not to intimidate buyers. But I don't know if it's come back in this market because I don't think that's the case right now. Yeah, I again, I think I see it quite often. Mary, what do you think? Highest and best is not always highest and best for the seller. So meaning it doesn't uh, highest price doesn't equal best offer. Right, right. So you have to think of it that way. Um, I I don't like getting into back and forth with three different offers. I think there is a way to figure it out earlier on just to go with one. Well, and to so this brings up exactly why the importance of that disclosure form, because what you've just said is a bit of your opinion based on your experience. And that's going to, and the situation changes per client, seller, how many offers, et cetera, right? Um, price point. So um, sometimes there's just this standout offer that, like why why mess around with a bunch of different counters and all of that if there's just a standout offer that has the to your point the right terms and price um and i think that's a lot of what we're seeing um right now is it it is people are getting pretty creative with terms not just price um because you know we still have an uh the the challenge of appraisals and things of that nature Obviously, cash can be different. Um, I'm also starting to see a lot of uh, uh, appraisal waivers, but also people willing to pay over appraised amount, but still doing the appraisal. You know, mm-hmm. so again, going back to your your point about um, it, it's not always price that has is the indicator. So, yeah. Um, I think like when I'm working buyers and I know that there's going to be a multiple offer situation, I just tell them up front, your first offer has to be your best offer. You know, you can't go in asking for everything and then come back because they may not come back and negotiate. Yep. Yeah. Very good point. And that may be why Hannah, you know, we, we don't see it quite as much is because I think for the most part, a lot of buyers agents are just preparing their clients that it is highest and best right now. The market is highest and best essentially, right? And you don't need to wait for that. You just go in with that mentality. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, an interesting thing, um, you know, when you're looking at uh, highest and best and that when that addendum is used, Curtis, I'm curious your thoughts on this from a legal standpoint that addendum very clearly states that we will give everybody fair and equal opportunity until this date at this time. Does the seller then, what if the seller goes, Oh wait, we don't want to wait. We just want it. We're, we're over this. We want to go with this offer prior to that date and time. Yeah. It's, it's a good question. I'm just looking at it right now. And, and one clarification, it's actually not an addendum. So you're not contractually obligating yourself to, Uh to, to stay open or to not accept. In fact, it uses the word courteous. Let me just read it real, real quick. It says in view of the multiple offers and in an effort to be courteous and fair to all parties, each interested buyer shall have until fill in the blank a time you put in their date. And that's called the response deadline in which to present his or her best offer for purchase of the property. And then it says seller agrees not to accept any offers for many buyers prior to that deadline. So, I, I would say I'd say this from a legal standpoint, since it's not an addendum, 
if the seller says, you know what, let's just take this other offer it came in. Yes, it's prior to the deadline. They probably could do that. You're not going to make many friends doing that because somebody's going to be upset. And ultimately there's multiple people and multiple offers that get upset. This could be the dream home for somebody and people are going to get upset about it. But um, I, I think I would encourage if you say one thing, try and stick with it. If you're a listing agent, uh, you don't want to be that person in our industry that does says one thing and does another just from a, from a business and relationship standpoint, but legally it's really at the end of the day, it's up, up to that seller as hard as that is to say. So you're saying because it's not uh, part of the contract, the purchase contract, even though the, co the document that they're signing states that they will not accept offers prior to that doesn't yeah. have any legal ramifications to it. Well, I, it's hard to say, you know, I have not seen someone challenge it. There's, I'm looking at it and there's only a place for the seller's signature. There's no right. place for the buyer's signature on it. Could somebody try and hold them to it? Maybe I just haven't seen it happen. And, and in, in any court cases, usually if there's, if somebody loses out on a, on a home, they're not going to go file lawsuits or anything. They're just going to go try and find another house. So right. not to say there isn't teeth to this, it's, but it is more of a courtesy, courtesy, uh, uh, notification that there's more than one offer on the table is what how I viewed it over the years. Yeah. So, cool. but okay. yeah, keep your time short. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's um, yeah. part of what we're really talking about today. There's, if I think um, Dave Fredrickson mentioned this in one of our Code of Ethics podcasts. If you're, if it really comes down to a jury of your peers to determine whether you'd cross the line or not you probably cross the line. Uh, and it's, you know, again, going back to, we live in a small little market. It may not feel that way. And yes, we have 9,500, 9,100 members, but the reality is you're going to see the same realtors over and over again. And if you want to have any longevity in, in your uh, profession and frankly, respect from your clients, respect from the industry, respect from your right. peers, we all benefit, we personally benefit by other realtors' professionalism. And we lose by other realtors' lack of professionalism. Yeah. It's, we all are tied to each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're on, you may not be on the other side of it this time, but you might be next time. And the importance of, you know, and again, at the end of the day, it's our sellers making a decision, right? Right. But it's also our job to educate them and to encourage that professionalism and fairness. Um, so I just think, you know, remember that uh, as you're out there uh, making this your profession, it's so incredibly important that uh, we help each other grow. We help the industry grow by being professional with each other. Mm -hmm. Well said. So important. Okay, that wraps it up for this episode. Uh, we'll continue this conversation in the next episode. I appreciate you guys getting on here and listening to the Salt Lake Board of Realtors podcast. We'll catch you next time.